This is Backstrap Trek to Manliness podcast episode four. Today I'm joined by my friend uh, Jeremiah Teves, which is awesome. Uh, how you doing, Jerry? Doing very well. Thanks for having me, Nick. Nice. So, Jerry, like myself, uh, very big stoic. Uh, how long have you been into stoicism? I'd say I was on a huge self-improvement kick when I was like a sophomore, junior of high school. Okay. And I've just been getting into it more and more since then. And I think after, now that it's been a couple of years, like I can start to actually see the benefits. Uh-huh. And like for some things that I really noticed that I've internalized it a lot more. And that's kind of the hard part getting into it is, I mean, all the all the principles about stoicism and just self-improvement in general. Like when you first start it, it's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. You're ready. You're on fire. Uh, you're going to change your life. Yeah. You know, big, uh, big January 1st, New Year's resolutions and yep. difficulty isn't really like internalizing it where it becomes a part of you, like an actual habit and not just yeah spur of the moment, flash in the pan type of thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, anyone can, I'm always, I always use this example, but anyone can jump in a cold shower, you know, once, but doing it for months and months on end where it just becomes a habit is a lot different story. Right. So yeah, I think a habit, habits are super important as I've mentioned multiple times in building those good habits and then getting rid of the bad ones. What are some, what are some of the good habits that stoicism has taught you? I would say the biggest thing overall, I mean, I'll start with a little introduction about stoicism First of all, I'm not an expert on Stoicism by any means. I'm yeah. not a historian. Uh, I, I don't have really any qualifications to be able to talk about this. I consider myself more more a, a student of Stoicism. Okay. And in no way have I reached that point uh, where I really consider myself a Stoic. Um, it's something that you're practicing your whole life. And so I think also like the, the ancient Stoics would also kind of agree with that. It's something that you're, you're, you're working on and really with anything, you're going to, you're going to have moments where you fail. Um, but overall Stoicism is, is essentially a way of viewing the world rather than the world is out to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, Stoicism focuses very heavily on the world is what it is it's not it's not out there to save you it's not out there to get you the world just exists and you are just basically a small point in that world in the whole universe yeah and the only thing that you have under your control is how you what's in your mind how you view situations how you handle that it's it's you know the the actions that happen to you they just happen they, they're just existing uh, it's only our minds that put labels as something as good or something as bad. Um, and that's, um, that's kind of the reason why, you know, when something bad happens to you in the moment, you might, you might hate it. You might think, oh, that was awful. Um, I mean, you might say you get a, you get a flat tire. You're like, this is awful. Why has this happened to me? Yeah. World is out to get me. But who knows? You know, maybe, maybe if you would actually, if your car is fine, you would, you know, driven to work would have gotten in an accident and died yeah you know yeah and so it's all about per- putting everything in perspective um that's very important once you kind of internalize that ability to not view not put labels on situations but 
just learn to rationalize it and think about it and think about what's actually going on rather than just this is awful why is this happening to me yeah and it's like how you react to certain situations that i think kind of proves your character instead of like oh you know i'm I'm really lucky with some situations or i i always get so unlucky with stuff it's it's like no the world's not out to get you it's just how do you react to what happens right you know yeah, I think kind of the core philosophy of Stoicism, um, Epictetus was one of the first big writers in Stoicism. It's really interesting. Everyone knows Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. He was a Roman emperor, and he was basically basically God on earth uh, at his time. I mean, he had the ability to do anything that he wanted to, Yeah, and he just had to say it. Whereas Epictetus was actually a, a Greek slave, um, and that puts a huge... I mean, not not a slave in the sense that, you know, like American slavery um, and being a slave was a lot more of the time. A very It was almost like an occupation um, where you didn't have freedom, but you were still, you know, still respected in the community. And a lot of those I mean, he was a teacher, um, but still he he did not have the whole you know, he did not have a ton of power or anything. Yeah. Um, so he basically he basically said the chief task in life is simply this to identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself which are externals not under my control and which have to do with the choices I actually control. Where then do I look for good and evil, not to uncontrollable externals, but within myself to the choices that are my own? So it kind of comes down to if something's in my control, say a test or a paper, it's in my control. Mm-hmm. I can study for it. I can work hard on my paper. It's in my control. Right. Why should I worry about it? At the same time, if it's not in your control, the weather, uh, whether someone's rude to you, yeah, those things are not in your control. So why worry about it? Yeah, exactly. And when you kind of put, take everything with that view, everything kind of becomes a lot simpler in life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's. You know, if it's not immediately in your control, then then like why why care? Because you can't affect it if it's not in your control. So right. That's yeah. And it's not to say that I think there are a lot of a whole lot of misconceptions about stoicism. Uh, number one, you know, when we call someone stoic, we kind of think that they're emotionless. Uh huh. They're kind of just a statue. And they have no emotion. Right. That's not at all what the Stoics believed. Um, they their view was that emotion should not have control over you. Um, obviously, anger can can ruin your life. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how so many people end up becoming incarcerated. Down at the very core, there was some emotion, whether whether it be. Um, the drunkenness, whether it's just anger, whether it's lust, there's something there, some emotion that they were not able to control. Yeah. And that led them to the situation they're in. So it's a lot more about seeing the usage of emotions and using them when necessary, but not letting them take over your life. Yeah. I think, I think something that like it, in my experience, you know, if someone cuts you off in traffic, like that's not, a reason that's not something that you can control and therefore it's not something that you should like 
use your emotions on and get really upset about because it's not important. It doesn't matter. And you should, and that's like with stoicism, I think that's not something that should affect you. Right. So, and, and that's a good example when someone cuts you off in traffic, um, the easy thing would be to cuss them out, to yeah. uh, make gestures to them and everything. But for me, what's been really helpful with those situations where I have, when I start to notice a ton of anger rising up, kind of step back and look at the situation, kind of rationalize it. So why was that person in such a hurry? Why did they feel necessary to cut you off? Who knows? Maybe, could very well be, they're on the way to the emergency room because yeah. their friend is in the passenger seat and bleeding to death. And then in that, in, in that circumstance, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, uh, absolutely. Go up, go in front of me, do whatever you need to do. Like, go save your, your friend. Yeah. It's just our, our label that we put on that situation that, oh, they're out to get me. They don't, um, they're just rude. They're awful people. Mm-hmm. And that's why they cut me off. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's a good, I think that's a really good point of view um, to look at it because you don't know what, what they're going through. And they may just be having a bad day and they just are angry and they just, you know, cut you off or whatever. But even then it's like, it's not worth, it's not worth it for it to ruin your day. Right. You know, I kind of had a, one of the big moments, big realizations I had was a couple of years ago. uh, I was sitting outside my sister's house in Colorado. I was, I was just kind of sitting and meditating and for whatever reason, there were a bunch of flies that were just landing on me constantly and at first it didn't bother me but they just kept coming and coming and coming and they would just annoy me and they were breaking my concentration and everything and i kind of had a big realization why should i let these insects these tiny insignificant little flies yeah why should they control my entire day and ruin my day yeah it just seems so silly and when you view those circumstances when people do you wrong and so often when we when we do feel that anger it's it's not that they're actually harming us it's that our ego is harmed Hmm. and that's a big part of it where that ego is just constantly you know constantly wants to feel superior wants to basically um you know tear everyone down so so that you can be better than everyone else and so it's, you see that so much that in the end, when you kind of stop worrying about the ego, uh, Ryan Holiday, who is a big writer in Stoicism um, today, he has a book, Ego is the Enemy. And when you kind of break it down, so much of what we struggle with in life and when we do get very angry, it's for the most stupid reasons. Yeah, It's never really that there's any significant, deep, critical decision going on. Just that our ego is harmed, and our pride. Yeah, that's a really good point. There is a really interesting quote um, from Seneca, um, Roman philosopher, says, and this thing called an insult, what is it? They make jokes about my bald head, my weak eyes, my thin legs, my height. Again, how is it an insult to be told what is obvious? Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's totally changing the whole view. And once you kind of rationalize, it takes all of the power out of the insult out. Mm-hmm. 
and what's left. It makes it honestly makes everything just comedic at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It's like if that person insults you, but you like you realize that it's just the obvious, then it has it has no power over you anymore, and it's not something that you need to you know worry about and have it ruin your day. Right. And Epictetus also said that any person capable of angering you becomes your master. Do you really want to be a slave to those people that are making you angry? I mean, it's just giving up all your freedom. Yeah. Now keep it, keep control of the things that you can actually control. And it's not to say that you should just subdue yourself to anyone that insults you i mean you're you're still supposed to have a sense of duty a sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. but focus on the things that actually matter yeah you know and if someone insults you for what you wear so what so what (laughs) yeah i honestly you know that that's their own opinion and that's fine yeah um but just kind of and once you start kind of really not taking that stuff to heart it helps a lot and your mind just gonna be so much freer yeah i think it really helps you live out your personality a lot a lot easier because i mean nowadays with you know social media and everything i think it's very hard for people to live how they feel they're meant to when they look around and everyone's living like so differently than them maybe or you know they're not wearing the same clothes as everyone not wearing like what's trendy or whatever um, so I think it's really good to have that skill of, you know, who cares if people insult my clothes or whatever. It's not important because it doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I'm going to wear what I prefer to wear, you know, whatever. It yeah, it's be. like the, the flies landing on you. I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's maybe noise in the moment, but are you going to really let that fly impact your day and your week? Yeah. It just seems really inconsequential. And I mean, kind of to add on to that, the whole concept of anger, I mean, you see so much of like huge fights that couples have. It's never, it's never really about anything of significance. I mean, it's who didn't do the dishes. Yeah. And all of a sudden that can, that turns into a screaming match. Yeah. And it's for what purpose? It's it's literally just the egos fighting. Yeah, so because they both want to win and yeah. boost their ego. And then even if even if either of them would just you know go and do the dishes, then it becomes a competition. Yeah, and their sense of ego is stopping them from actually doing it. Right, because they're just so concerned on winning. Hmm. Just that sense of pride. Yeah, that once you really work on that to diminish it for unnecessary circumstances, your life just becomes so much easier. Yeah. So would you say stoicism has definitely like positively impacted relationships in your life and just, I mean, the quality of, of your day to day life? For sure. I mean, I, I'm um, probably proposing my girlfriend here in the next month or two. And we've been dating for a little over a year now. And of course, I mean, we still have instances where we have a situation that comes up. We have a problem in our relationship. Um, 
but it's never it's never a matter of me versus her yeah it's a matter of us versus the problem and come into to terms with that that's a great way to look at it yeah yeah and so you know when you kind of strip the ego out of it it's like okay what can i do better how can we communicate better how mm-hmm. can we work on this and then all of a sudden then when you don't have that ego that just makes you want to always win yeah I mean, really, any problem can be solved then. Yeah, in a relationship. How do you? How do you think you are able to take the ego out of it? I think it's definitely a matter of just practice, and and for everything. I mean, I did this for a couple a couple of years. I mean, there were a lot of things that that really, you know, even just the most stupid things that really got to me. Like a good example would be like when last last year when I was going to the gym, I would always go to the gym at the same time as this one guy that would use the squat rack for an hour and a half, yeah, and just just hog it, and that just made me so upset. And at the college here, we only have one squat rack right there, so that's the only place where you can you can work out. Um, but then I realized, and I was like, okay, why why is this impacting me so much? Like, I need to focus on what's in my control and what's not in my control. First of all, I, I noticed that those days when I went at the same time as he did, it was because I slept in or I didn't go to bed early enough. And I didn't go in the morning. Yeah. He doesn't go. So it's like, oh, it's actually my fault because I stayed up too late. Yeah. I didn't get up early enough. And so then when you shift the blame to yourself, then all of a sudden that anger disappears. Yeah. Because then it's not, it's not an attack to the other person and it's, Oh, you know, I can just solve this pretty, pretty simply. Yeah. And all of a sudden you don't have like a hate towards them either. Right. You know, you can, you can love them instead of being like, oh, you know, why, why do you have to do this? Like, well, no, I can, I can go earlier and fix the problem easy. Right. Yeah. And that's really, that really changes a lot when you, when you can do that. Um, and, and I mean, it is still a matter really at the end of the day, it's, it's just practice. Mm -hmm. Whenever you have those situations where it just, just brings up a ton of emotion uh, for better or for worse, you have to kind of step back and, and analyze that and kind of view it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And that's why one of the big practices that the Stoics had was basically you sit by yourself and just just zoom out from just your life, your day-to-day tasks, just zoom out. Uh, literally like in Google Maps, when <laughs> Google Earth, where you just scroll out and, just, and you see the whole world. Yeah. And keep zooming out. You see the whole universe. And it's like, am I really going to let that stupid thing that that one person said to me, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is that, am I even going to remember that thing like yeah. a week from now, a year yeah. from now, a decade from now? Yeah. Like, yeah, if it's something that's going to impact you for a decade, yeah, like, you know, sometimes you have to stand up for yourself right? And, and make sure you have the right decisions. But for so much of what we stress about, it's just things that will literally be inconsequential 
in an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. Like, it's not it's not something you you need to worry about if you're gonna forget it in a week. But obviously, if it's something that's so large, it's gonna be there for years and years, and you know that's definitely time right. To yeah, take care and of it. and my girlfriend and I right now are kind of discerning between our faiths, and obviously, that's a very very honestly everlasting decision yeah so yeah that that requires a lot of discussion a lot of research and everything um at the same time like we keep reminding ourselves to to keep our emotions and keep our um ego out of it and to to be able to see the other person's viewpoint Uh and so then it's not a competition it's just the two of us you know, learning to understand yeah. each other's faiths better. Yeah. Then everything just becomes a lot more civil mm-hmm. when you do that. So what kind of uh, stoic practices do you think you try and implement in day-to-day life? Honestly, I haven't been great at this. Um, I can point to the the practices that they, the stoics do, which you do see a lot in the in the literature. Um, a big one, and this is kind of where meditations by Marcus Aurelius came from was, was journaling every day. Okay. And it's also a great reflection every day when you sit down and put your thoughts and your experiences to paper. Again, um, you really kind of get a good overview of what you're experiencing and often the things that are stressing you. Why are they stressing you? Yeah. Like what's, what's the deeper reason behind this? Yeah. And when you kind of apply it in that view, it, it just allows you to, to focus on the things that are important, things that will impact you and, and your experience with others. Right. And not just the inconsequential ego attacks. Yeah. Um, that's been a really big one. Um, meditation, just overall, just daily meditation. Um, I mean, the you see this in, in the Bible. You see this really in any religion ever. You, see, you always see a time of, of being in solitude and just thinking. Um, sometimes even just, just slowing down your mind. And, you know, if that was necessary a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. I mean, think about how much more necessary it is today in our modern age with technology. Um, it, it's just such, just such a needed thing for everyone to do Mm -hmm. to be able to sit back and just, you know, clear out the clutter of the mind Yeah, and just focus on your own breathing. Yeah. Go back to the roots and, and let all these external, sources of dopamine just sit aside for a minute right yeah and making a habit out of those things is is so important you know being very you know doing it every day and like committing to it too i think a lot of times i know i fall into the trap of yeah i'll 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 do a journal and maybe i maybe i do it every night but you know the effort i put into it is like two minutes and that's not yeah but i mean it's something but not not yeah And it all it, it needs to start somewhere. Yeah, it does. And and that's why I think for me and the mornings are such an important time mm-hmm. before the day really gets going. 
because that's when that's when you still have the ability to to have control of your time um you know in the middle of the day there your schedule is going to be different every day yeah so in the early morning is really the best time and and at night before you get we go to bed um that also that also can change i mean you know you're going to go to bed at different times um so you know if, if for some people it's in the morning Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, they, they just do think better at night. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's a good time to, to journal to basically just reflect on the day. Yeah. Uh, I think that can become very powerful. I mean, my dad has, has journaled every day since I think he was about 15 or 16. Wow. Uh, we have huge books in our huge, huge boxes in our basement of, of all his diaries, but it's not like he really goes back and reads it. Uh-huh. It's just a daily meditation yeah and i know the people that really are able to do that and really stick to it are they you really see a lot of benefits from you know, just having a quiet time to yeah. reflect. very nice well anything else to add i would say overall i think stoicism is it 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 can have the connotation that it, especially around Hillsdale College's campus, uh, for so many people that are very religious, very Christian, it may seem like Stoicism, you know, the the Stoic philosophers, as far as I know, none of them were, were Christian. Um, but at the same time, that's, that's not to say that it it should be rejected. Yeah. I think there's a very interesting view of of Christian stoicism. Uh there's one thing that the Stoics talk about a lot. They talk about the mortality, how to focus every day, meditate every day on the fact that at any moment you could die. Yeah. And I mean in in our modern age with modern medicine, we've kind of lost this. But I mean, up until a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, I mean people were just dying all the time. And to really focus on putting your yourself in order. And for the Stoics, they didn't really believe in an afterlife. So they, you know, the it, they didn't know what happened afterwards. Uh-huh. They kind of thought we just disappeared. Yeah. And that was it. Um, and, but still, they a lot of them did very well in kind of putting that into perspective. But I think when you combine Stoicism with Christianity and it becomes even more powerful. Um, and, and honestly, like if you view uh, a lot of what Jesus says is, does have very close similarities. Yeah. Um, I think the most, most common one you see um, is in Matthew where Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They neither soy, sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Uh, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I think stoicism becomes even more powerful when you put your trust in God. And then you're like, well, I really don't have to worry. Yeah. No, then, then it, it, it takes a lot of the pressure off. It's the Stoics, 
basically viewed themselves as that they have to deal with everything. Yeah. Um, but when you when you have faith, then it it makes it a whole lot more. It also just makes it easier. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So, I think, I think if you if you start with a Christian view, and then of course there, are some things in Stoicism that don't really align with Christianity, like the the view of death. Um, but when you kind of take selections from the Stoics that you can apply to your life, it can become a very, very. And I mean, honestly, the. Bible doesn't talk a whole lot about like day to day, um, how to handle yourself. I mean, Marcus Aurelius talks about getting out of bed to perform your duties. Right. Um, and so it is a very, it is a very practical philosophy for how to handle your actions and your thoughts. I think that's where a lot of the attraction of it comes from is just how practical it is. Right. I mean, you don't really see that with any other ancient philosophy. Yeah. It's really just telling you how to, how to think when someone insults you uh-huh. like that's you know, a lot and we have just a lot to learn in our in our modern age so yeah i mean overall stoicism i think is a very something that you know i just only want to become more steeped in because uh, i mean the the changes i've seen in my life have been great because of that and i think like my marriage will become a lot more peaceful because of it we really focus on removing that ego. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Well, to end uh, with a quote, nothing happens to anyone which he is not fitted by nature to bear. Thank you for listening, and see you next week.